Thank you, ladies. Let's, uh, let's begin with prayer this morning. Father, our only hope is in you. Might we realize that? Might we recognize that, that you're in charge? But we do pray for your mercy to extend, your goodness to continue to extend to us as a nation. Thank you for the freedoms we have the freedoms like this morning to gather and to worship you openly. We pray that you might allow us to continue until you return to take us home, please. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and uh, I don't know if uh, you are experiencing the same thing that I'm experiencing, you probably are not, but uh, being away from you as church family and those that are watching uh, for a short period of time, I find that sometimes the, uh, the, your names, they leave me. And if I, and if I see one of you and I scramble to, to think of what the name is, and the harder I fight to remember that name, the less likely it is to come to mind, and, and I'm sure that's only me, but when things uh, are not, uh, when things calm down, and I'm, I'm maybe just sitting in a chair someplace, or I'm thinking about something else, and, and all of a sudden, the light comes on. It's one of those light bulb moments. Uh, sometimes in the middle of the night, Somebody will ask me a question. I said, boy, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I don't have an answer for that. And in the middle of the night, the light comes on. It's also called an aha moment for me, a light bulb moment or an aha moment. And that's what Paul is describing here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It's an aha moment. This changes things. The light comes on. And we know that previously, and we read the verses, we didn't go into them, but previously, the first 11 verses, Paul is contrasting the old covenant with the new covenant. Now, the old covenant, was uh, the, given to Moses, the law, uh, that had glory in it. Verse 11 says, For if that which is done away... So, it tells us, in the verses before that said, the glory of the old covenant faded away, and if it had glory, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Well, what remaineth? And now he's going to describe this new covenant that remains. There is going to be much greater glory in the new covenant. When Moses received the old covenant on the mount... And uh, he went and he talked to God face to face. Uh, remember there in Exodus 34, he came down off the mountain and his face shone with such glory, the Shekinah glory of God, uh, shone with so much glory that the people feared to look upon Moses. And they begged him, put a veil over your face. I can't stand or we can't handle this glory of God. And so... Uh, that's what Paul is writing about here and tells us why he put that veil over his face 
then in, uh, we, we see that in this passage. Look at verse 13. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children, this is why he put it over, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, so that they would not see the glory of God fade. And so when he put the veil on his face, he would speak to the people, he'd take the veil off, go into the tabernacle, and he would uh, talk to God without the veil. But they did that maybe because of the hardness of these Israelites, the hardness of their hearts, and, and maybe just so they would not see the glory of the Lord departing from off of Moses. He's making a point. The law given to Moses was going to fade. We need to realize that. It was going to fade. The radiance of God would fade away from the law. The old covenant was meant to be temporary. The law, or to kind of get a better idea, we say the law, but let's, let's say the Ten Commandments. And I know there were other uh, commands that were given, but let's say the Ten Commandments because that's what God, or Moses, came down with. And Moses was the first to break the Ten Commandments when he cast the, because he got angry and he broke the, the slabs uh, and then had to go and rechisel them himself. But the old covenant was meant to be temporary because it was going to be replaced with something much greater, something better, something that was permanent. So the Old Covenant is temporary. There's something that is going to be more permanent. And that's what Paul is describing, the New Covenant or the New Testament. Sometimes when we celebrate the Lord's Table, we, receive, uh, we read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and, and it describes this is the New Testament in my blood. Or the New Covenant is what Jesus is, was saying there when he celebrated the, the Lord's Table with the disciples. So the uh, new covenant would lift the veil and provide the people with an aha moment or a light bulb moment or now I get it. Now I see. That's the purpose of the lifting veil. So he's describing, as Steve read those verses, he's describing this veil that we all have. But some have the veil lifted and it changes their lives. Now, three things happen when this veil is lifted that Paul describes here. Now, we could say that when the veil is lifted, we could just say he's talking about our salvation because that's what he is talking about. In Christ, these verses that we read, in Christ, with Christ, the veil is done away. Um, in verse 14, uh, which veil is done away in Christ? The old veil of the, the Old Testament law is done away in Christ. It's talking about salvation here. It's talking about when you recognize that you're a sinner, and I don't know when you did that, but sometime in your life, if you're a believer, sometime in your life, you recognize that you might not remember the exact day, but some, sometime the Holy Spirit had the light go on for you to say, I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. And you cried out and you said, Lord, save me. I'm going to place my faith in you and the work that you did upon the cross to save me from my sin and the consequences. 
of my sin. So when the veil is lifted, it changes your logic. Now, we don't use the word logic very often, but we do use the word that's illogical uh, to mean that doesn't make sense or that's logical. I, I get that. I understand that. That makes sense. Look at verse 14. It says, but their minds were blinded. And then we get to verse 16. I just drew a line down to it. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the minds, their minds were blinded. But nevertheless, when their minds turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. It's their aha moment. It's their ah, light bulb moment. When the veil is taken away, our logic changes, our thinking changes when the veil is lifted. You know, there are lots of things that are illogical. In fact, most things are illogical in God's word to a person who is looking at it through a veil. I don't get it. I don't understand it. What are you talking about? One of the things that sometimes I use in... Uh, for a funeral message, I'll use Ecclesiastes 7, verse 2. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of, of uh, happiness or myrrh or, or a party here. Uh, to uh, feasting, the house of feasting. Okay. So now you might have to explain, you might have to think about it, but if you've had the veil lifted, you will understand what Solomon was saying here. It won't make sense to somebody looking through the veil that it's better to go to the, a funeral than it is to a 4th of July picnic. Ah, that doesn't make sense. We'd all rather go to a picnic. No, but when we think about it, when we use our logic, it makes sense. Why? Because you go to a funeral, you consider your eternity. You consider what's after this. I'm going to die. Am I ready? And it is better to prepare for eternity than to prepare for a picnic that is over. And that makes sense to those that have placed their faith in Christ, doesn't it? Yeah, it changes our logic when the veil is lifted. God forgives us of our sin and saves us. We receive that aha moment. Now his word is logical. You know what seems illogical? To those looking through veils, your presence here today, or you sitting in your living room watching. I mean, you got up on your day off early, you could have been sleeping in, and you're, you're watching or you're listening here to a, a loudmouth preacher wearing a rope around his neck drone on and on, and uh, that doesn't make sense unless the veil has been lifted. It doesn't make sense to an unbeliever. It doesn't make sense that you read your Bible every day. It doesn't make sense that you give away 10% or maybe even more. You just give away your hard-earned money to the church. That's what they see looking through a veil. You're just giving it to a church. That doesn't make sense. That's illogical. But our logic changes when the veil is lifted. 
That's one reason why we are not called to win people to church. <laughs> Did you realize that? We're not called to win people to church. We're called to win people to Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus Christ enters their lives, the veil is lifted, and then it makes sense here. So when the veil is lifted, our logic changes. It changes our logic. Uh, when the surgery is performed to remove sin, it's performed by Jesus Christ. It also removes the pressure from our optic nerves so that we can see clearly. The unrepentant heart means an uncomprehending mind. I'm not sure who said that. Somebody a lot smarter than me. But the unrepentant heart uh, means an uncomprehending mind. Because you're still looking through the veil. The old covenant was introduced so that we might see our need for a savior. And uh, Paul describes that too, and the author of Hebrews. That the law was good and that it showed that we are all sinners and bound for hell. Otherwise, we might think we're okay. But when the Ten Commandments were given, we read those and we say, Ah, well, I could never keep all of those. You're right. We, no one could. So we need a Savior. And the veil of sin blinds our eyes. And it wasn't until a new covenant came that the veil could be lifted. See, Jesus didn't make sense to his world because they were looking at him through a veil. They didn't realize that the glory of the old covenant had departed. That's uh, their minds were blind, verse 14, for until this day remaineth the same veil, untaken away by the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ, but even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is still upon their hearts. Nevertheless, when their minds shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. They will have their aha moment. And when we open our hearts to Jesus... Our minds will be open to thinking logically, understanding the truth, the aha moment. Now, uh, in the play, The Miracle Worker, and some of you may have seen it or read it. We had to read it when we were in high school. Uh, there was a teacher, Ann Sullivan, and she had a pupil, Helen Keller. Now, Helen Keller was, uh, was deaf and blind and undisciplined. Parents had no idea how to raise this little uh, brat at that time. And so Anne was, to, was hired to teach her something. And she could, found she could not teach her around her family, so she took her away. Uh, they would go off into the gardens or into the parks or into the lawns, and she would work with her and work with her. And, and there was nothing but frustration for Anne as she tried to teach her. And one day when she was throwing a fit, Anne grabbed her by the arm, drug her over to the pump, pumped the pump, and, and held her hand, forced her hand underneath the water. And as the water poured in her hand, she kept signing the sign for water, whatever it is. And kept signing it, pump some more, sign it. And Anne, uh, Helen stopped fighting. 
And she stood there. And then she grabbed Anne's hand and signed to her hand, water. That was her aha moment. Now things began to make sense. When the veil is lifted, things begin to make sense. Uh, the aha moment happens. When the veil is lifted, number two, it changes our lives. That's what Paul is saying, verse 17. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. Now maybe in your copy of the scriptures you have there is freedom, because that's what it means. There is freedom. You are set free. Your life is changed when the veil is lifted. You are set free. Every man is born bound by the chains of sin. You've got to realize that before you will ever cry out for somebody to save you from that sin. And so if you're a believer here, you have recognized that, that you were bound with the chains of sin. And actually, it was bound by the chains of the law. And the law, pointing out our sin, begins to drag us to the pit of hell, to the brink. And, and we're fighting against it, and we're putting all of our pressure against that, just crying out, we're, we're going to wind there, or some are just walking to it casually. But we are bound by the chains of sin. It takes repentance and faith then to, to remove those. And it becomes, a rela- not, we've had a relationship to the law, now it becomes a relationship with love here. The old covenant crushed men and women under external commands, and it revealed all of our failures, all of our sins, and is just dragging us to the edge. Now, the new covenant is Christ, who came down, and when we cry out, because we recognize we're headed to the edge of the pit, Jesus Christ comes, unpadlocks that chain, and the chains fall off, and we are free. And in place of having our, our hands bound by chain, he takes our hand in his. Now, when we would slip holding on to those chains, we would just slide closer to the pit. Now, when we slip, Jesus just lifts us up. See, the old covenant drug us down, but the new covenant in Christ lifts us up. It is important for us to remember that it changes our lives. There's another flyleaf quote that I don't know where it came from. Under the law, the best man is condemned. Got that? Under the law, the best man is condemned. Under Christ, the worst man can be declared righteous. Wow. See, the new covenant is so much better because there's hope in the new covenant. No hope in the old covenant. Now we obey. It used to be under the old covenant, you obey or die. And, of course, we couldn't obey. So all have sinned. All will die, 
But under the new covenant, we obey because we love and we live with God. I know it's an old illustration, but I think of it often when I think about the old covenant and the new covenant. Uh, uh, there was a couple. They were married, and, and he was a tyrant. And so he had lists of rules for her to follow and uh, he had weekly lists and daily lists, and, and he would come home and he would check the lists, and there would be consequences if she didn't do it. She hated her life. And then her husband died, uh, presumably by natural causes, not food poisoning, but uh, that's just a story anyway. Uh, but she remarried. She loved her new husband, and, and he loved her. No lists, but one day when she was deep cleaning, she came across one of her lists. And she read through that list, and she just smiled. Because those are the very things she was doing now. But she was doing it out of love, and she loved her life. Because she loved her husband. She didn't need that. She was doing it anyway out of love. Now, we can become captives to a list of rules. Uh, We can become slaves to tradition, and often we are. We've always done it this way. We, we, We can't change. Or maybe we're slaves to negative spirits or maybe a self-righteous attitude because our list of things we do is a little longer than the list of somebody else. So apparently we're just a little better than them. That's not the new covenant. Don't rewrap the chains of the old covenant around your wrists. That's what Paul is saying. Don't do it. We have been set free to love God with all of our lives, with all of our hearts. When the veil is lifted, it changes our logic. When the veil is lifted, it changes our lives to love Jesus and to live with love. When the veil is lifted, it changes our looks. I didn't say this. Paul is saying this because you're going to look at me and say, well, apparently it didn't work. Uh, uh, I might think the same looking out at you. But uh, that's not what Paul is saying. But it does change our looks. And that's verse 18. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass or a mirror, looking in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, were changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. What is Paul describing there? It's, it's, he's describing how we look changes. We look in the mirror and Jesus Christ Uh, His reflection reflects upon us, his glory. When the veil is lifted, we reflect that glory back to people that see us. It might not make us more glamorous, but it will make us look more like Jesus. This is what Paul is saying. Um, Cindy and I went on vacation once into Wisconsin. We stayed in a cabin. We had a little boat and We'd go fishing, especially in the evening. We'd go fishing, and I think we're catching northerns. And and uh, one evening we were in this little boat and coming back, getting close to the dock. 
the moon was full, just bright. And uh, you remember how last week you booed me when I went fishing in Canada on our anniversary? Well, this is just the opposite. I broke into song. Ooh, good going, Dave. You know, by the light of the silvery moon, I want to spoon to my honey I'll croon, love's tune. Now, it was true that I loved, I loved Cindy when I sang that. But it wasn't true that by the light of the silvery moon. I mean, the moon has no light, does it? We recognize that. But we call it moonlight anyway. It's not moonlight. It's sunlight. It's the glory of the sun. It's just reflected off the moon. That's what people ought to see when they look at us. It should change our looks. When the veil is lifted, we begin to reflect the glory of Jesus Christ. Not just begin to reflect it, but he says from glory to glory. What does that mean? From a little glory to a little more glory to a greater glory to a great glory, the more time we spend with Jesus Christ, that glory starts as little and goes to great glory. That's what Paul is saying here. The more time we spend with him, the more of Christ's glory will be reflected. It will change our image to be like Jesus Christ. In Exodus, only Moses could go in and see God face to face. He could go into the presence of God, and uh, his face shone, but it was only temporary. It gradually faded away. This is just the opposite. Every believer, veil removed, can go into the presence of God and the glory doesn't gradually fade. This is the new covenant. The glory gradually gets greater and greater the more we spend time with God. So we reflect that. Never, never intended to fade. And we begin to look, like Paul says, like Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord. So that's one work of the Holy Spirit. We begin to love people like Jesus loves people. We begin to treat people like Jesus treated people. We begin to speak to people like Jesus Christ spoke to people. We begin to obey God the Father like Jesus Christ obeyed God the Father. You know, my life is to do the will of my Father. As we spend time with him, we begin to look like Jesus. Adoniram and Ann Judson, they were missionaries to Burma years and years ago. And uh, sometimes they would receive mail from England, and in that envelope there would be newspaper clippings about them that somebody had written. And uh, Anne opened the letter and began to look at these newspaper clippings and thought, well, this might encourage uh, Adoniram. And, and so uh, she began to read this, and she said, here, listen to this article. They liken you to one of the apostles. She thought that would be an encouragement. And it what didn't encourage him at all. He said, I don't want to be like one of the apostles. 
I don't want to be like Paul or Apollos or Cephas. I want to be like Jesus Christ. And that's what we, what we become as we spend time with him. So when the veil is lifted, it changes our logic. When the veil is lifted, it changes our lives. In, when the veil is lifted, it changes our looks. Oh, to have people say, as they said of the apostles shortly after the day of Pentecost, surely these men have been with Jesus. Wouldn't you love to have hear somebody, overhear somebody saying that about you? Surely this woman has been with Jesus. Surely this man, surely this boy, surely this girl has been with Jesus. Now, have you had your aha moment? Now, I don't know. I, I can't see your hearts, and the veils are not visible to me. So I can't tell if you're sitting there and you've got this veil on your face. I don't know. Maybe you've never had the aha moment. Maybe you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, never realizing that you're a sinner and on your way to hell. Then today would be the day that you make that decision. Maybe you're sitting on your couch. Maybe you're sitting with a neighbor. And you say, this makes sense. And you're beginning your aha moment. And you... Bow your head and you ask Jesus to forgive you and save you. Let me tell you, when the veil is lifted, it will change your world. Uh, maybe it makes more sense to some to say, it will rock your world when the veil is lifted. Let's pray. Father, I don't know the condition of anybody's heart except for mine, and I don't even know that because my heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. But Lord, you, uh, you know that I love you. I'm placing my faith in you, and uh, your word makes sense to me now. Because uh, I realize that I need you, desperately need you. I pray the same for any that are hearing or will hear this message, that they will have their aha moment and trust you. Lord, I'm asking that the Holy Spirit might be free to work in our hearts, mine as well, please. I pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.